Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm excited to bring you interviews with empowered entrepreneurs who build their businesses on gratitude, self-love, and kindness. Lisa Petty is currently doing her PhD at Brock University, investigating how women experience self-care. Hey everyone, Julie Boyer here. Welcome back. We're talking about self-love and self-care with my project to learn personally how to be better at taking care of myself. I'm super excited for my guest today, Lisa Petty. Welcome, Lisa. Hi. So glad we could do this. It's we reconnected after we haven't seen each other in a number of years. And yes. just for those of you who haven't met Lisa before, she actually used to be in the public eye a lot. She's an award-winning journalist. She's an author. Um, she's a researcher who actually just had a beautiful shift in the kind of work that she's doing. And that's actually how we got connected. So I found out that Lisa is uh, currently doing her PhD in applied health sciences and her focus is all around women um really a focus on women's well-being and self-care so i just thought what an amazing opportunity for us to connect i am personally doing this research for myself and you are literally doing this as research uh, for your phd so uh, i'd love to hear a little bit about i mean you have such an amazing journey could you share with us a little bit about how you got where you are today well, absolutely. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about what I'm doing because as any academic is probably prepared to tell you, we never get to talk about our research ever, ever, ever. So this is, uh, this is really exciting. Um, as you mentioned, I, I was in the public eye a lot. I am a holistic nutritionist by training and I've always used that platform uh, for education. So I would do uh, I would write articles for uh, magazines and I would do speaking uh, events. I uh, had my own radio show for five years in the Niagara area, which is where I lived. And I produced and hosted that uh, call-in talk radio show every week uh, for almost five years. And I used that opportunity again to teach uh, folks how to create a healthier body. And uh, at the end of five years, so I'd been in the industry, I guess, around, oh, I don't know, 15 years or so at that point, uh, I was personally feeling um, creatively drained. I uh, felt like there was something missing for me personally, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, at the same time, sort of that I was doing this radio show, I always had a few nutrition clients on the side. And I always have worked exclusive, exclusively with women mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, you know, we're the ones who, who run the carpools and we're the ones who um, sort of take on the, the lion's share of work around the home. We're the ones who do the groceries, prepare the foods, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I thought, well, if I can help the women, then I can trickle down, help everyone in the family. And I have obviously an affinity for women being one, and I understand a lot of what's happening in a woman's body and that kind of thing. Uh, I have two children that I wrote, um, you know, raised as a single parent myself, so I had that sort of awareness as well. Anyway, so I had these clients on the side, and I sort of noticed this pattern of talking with women, and we would agree, for example, simple step, I would say, okay, can you agree to drink more water between now and the next time we talk? 
And the women would be, oh, yes, yes, that's doable. That's adding to my routine in a really practical uh, way. I can do that. So then we'd get together a week later, and I'd say, so how are you doing with that drinking extra water? Oh, yeah, I didn't do it. I'm like, okay, I know sometimes changing routines is hard. Let's let's try again. Do, do, is it too much what we've, I've asked you to do? Can we agree on another strategy that would work? No, 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 I can do it this time. The kids are back in school. My job isn't as busy, you know, all of this kind of thing. So then we'd get together a couple of weeks later, and I'd say, so how are you doing with all, you know, drinking extra water and, and you know, doing those little things that I asked you to do and that we agreed together would be good for you? And the women go, yeah, I didn't do it. And so, um, you know, as a professional, it's hard not to take that personally after a while. It's like, what am I not bringing to the table? Yep. But, but on the other hand, I started to think, why are women not doing what they have agreed is good for them when they're coming from a place of, I don't feel good anymore. I want to do things to feel better. I agree that this is a doable step and then they don't do it. And so I started questioning that and I thought, you know what? I don't know what I want to do right now in my life. I think I'll go back to school and get my master's degree and, and understand behavior a little bit better. I want to understand how health behavior change works. And so it started with the master's degree, looking at that, the relationship between midlife women and their eating behaviors. So what sort of corrects what they do? And then it evolved into getting the academic bug and decided to, to do my PhD. Okay, so it came from, you know, it really came out of that experience as a holistic nutritionist. And it's interesting, we were talking a little bit before we started, you know, how like I personally like have a program that I've had for eight years that always worked. And yet all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And you're like, there's got to be more to it than that. And this is why I've, I've gotten to this work around behavior, around the mindset, around also around, I think it's really important to address that. Like I, everyone's like, Oh, once you're over 40, things will change. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I'm totally good. But as I'm like, I'm 43 now, it's just a little bit like every year I'm like, my body's not quite doing the same that it was before. I'm like, right. I don't understand. <laughs> right. Yes. And so, and I don't think you can actually understand it until you live it mm. because everyone can tell you, but my experience isn't going to be the same as yours. Right. But it definitely is different. And so we have to look at new ways of thinking and new ways of, you know, acting and taking action to, to make those changes that used to be so simple. Right. So so you got into this research and specifically, why did you go, you know, to self-care? I mean, that, that seems like a pretty broad topic. Why did you start there? Uh, didn't necessarily stop there, but the findings from the master's degree sort of indicated um, that, you know, how, how women make choices had to do with how things made them feel, right? So when I, when I eat this way, it makes me feel this. When I eat this, it makes me feel this way. And it had to do with pain and fatigue and that sort of thing. So, and so I'm sort of building off that. It was like, okay, so if that's how we, we make these, these choices around food, how do, we, how do we make choices and decisions around the other things? How do we make choices and decisions about, um, and, and, part of the, the exploration is what are the other things? 
Like what are the other things that women do if we're sort of thinking about how the body feels and how the women say they want to feel? What are they doing to create those feelings in their body? And it led to self-care because that's sort of the term that we have. And it's interesting because some, some people push back against that term you know, they, 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 it is, um, it is a very, very, um, hot term. You either like it or you don't like it. And, uh, and it comes with different perspectives on it. Uh, but it's the term that we have. So it's the term that I want to understand. And maybe I'll change the term. Maybe some, something is going to come from this research. That's a better term for what it is. But, but it's the one that, we're, that we have, and it's the one um, th- that I'm using to, to start the research anyway. So it's really to understand what it is that women are doing to feel the way they want to feel. And then when they do that, um, do, they get, do they get to feel the way they want to? What gets in the way of feeling the way they want to or doing the things that will help them feel the way they want to? Um, and, and sort of the social pressures that we have around that as well. It's so interesting. I love how this is all connected to the way that we feel, which I think is a real key in this whole movement to how do I feel when I'm doing this? How do I feel when I'm eating this? How do I feel when I say yes to something or no to something, mm-hmm. right? That, that cultural pressure to, you know, should we be saying yes to everything? I mean, it's it been interesting when I said I would be a part of the research that you're doing. I was like, wait, you know, I want this to be a real yes. And I want to make sure that I have the time to say yes and to make it work. But I also was like, how can I not be a part of this? Because I'm looking for answers too. So mm-hmm. I want to be part of this research because I want to, I want to know where, and we know that this is like, you know, this is not going to be the end of the work, right? It's going to no. start here. No. And there's so much more to see. What's neat is um, through these interviews that I've been doing, you know, uh, other terms have come up like self-compassion and mm-hmm. love, and they're all connected and together. And there is a bit of a like, oh yeah, self-care is about getting the pedicure and mm-hmm. you know, girls weekend or whatever. But I think, and I think this is where your research seems to be going is it's, it's so much more than that. The pedicure is nice, but it's like the everyday stuff that we're doing Mm -hmm. every day. We have to be taking care of ourselves to be the best, you know, human possible. Right. Right. And, and so, so from that preliminary findings, just because some some of my interviews are done, there is a sense when you're talking about pedicures that that's indulgent self care, right? Right. That's the icing. Yeah. What else, right? What is what is the other stuff that women do? And and as you mentioned, like uh, building barriers around your time or building boundaries and knowing knowing what your boundaries are and being okay with saying no. I love getting pushback when, uh, and you did it, when you said, I'd love to be part of your research, but I can't do it for two weeks. And I was like, yes, awesome, awesome. Because to me, right there was evidence of you understanding your boundaries and you were saying, yes, this is a thing I want to do, but, but no, not right now. So that was, that was fun for me. Yay. Well, I'm getting better because um, I, I put a request out into the universe to do more speaking uh, this year. And I am 
going on a speaking tour in a week. And I mean, it'll be past when people are watching this video, but I'm doing a speaking tour and then I'm going to three cities in November for a different speaking. And I was like, okay, I have to think about every time I'm saying yes, what, how does it affect my family? Mm -hmm. But does this bring me joy? I'm like, for sure. The speaking part and the the community and being around people that want to learn and grow, I am all over that. But I also had to look at the entire thing. How do I make these trips also like, like for example, I'm going to San Francisco on a speaking tour as part of the speaking tour. And I said to the person I'm going with, I said, is there any time for us to just like explore the city for a little bit? Cause it's mm. one of my favorite places to go. So I asked right away, I said, will there be time in the schedule for us to do that? And he said, yes, there is. And I was like, then I'm in for that trip because I don't want to just go from city right. to city and not see anything. If I'm right. going to San Francisco, I want to see it. And to me, that is part of self-care. Yes. Like just being able to say, what do I want? Because right. so many times, and I mean, yeah, for sure. So many times in my life, I'm like, I'm just so happy that you asked me. Right. You must hear that. I'm just so happy that you asked me. Right. <laughs> but it's like, we don't think about, but hang on. When we say yes to something, we have to say no to other things. Right. Yes. Yes. And that's what I think people don't realize what, or they don't put the effort into thinking about what they're saying no to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is really like say no to the good. So you can say yes to the great, because what I find really interesting too, is that I've been thinking about this too, with like me filling my schedule a lot these days is that when you add things to your schedule, like a 30 or 40 minute call, it's more than 40 minutes right? Because it's the time we both talked about getting a little bit ready because we were doing a video instead of just an audio. And then it's the time after where, you know, I have to get the recording together and then get some information. Like everything we put in our calendar needs more space. And I think also understanding like by saying no to certain things and giving space to all the good yes, I think is really fun. And then you and I can have this deeper conversation because I'm not in a panic or a rush because I, I have to be somewhere at 15 minutes after. Right. I think that understanding. So I, so I'm so excited to be a part of this group of research. Now, if people are listening to this or watching this at a time when your, your research study is still open, can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking for, for someone, if they were going to apply to be a participant in your study? Well, what I'm investigating is first of all, what, how do women define self-care? What, what is it? What does it mean to them? And then I want to understand the relationship that women see or experience between self-care and well-being. Like what connections have they made? And then I want to look a little bit at what happens when the women enact self-care uh, and who supports that. Who are they at that moment? Are they wife? Are they mother? Are they sister? Are they daughter? Who doesn't support it? Why, you know, in your role as wife, mother, sister, okay. daughter, who's not supporting you, particularly when you do this thing for you? And then I also want to, to pay attention to when women don't enact self-care. What's going on in the moment that they make a choice not to? participate in self-care what's happening who's there who are they in that moment and how does that make them feel so it's a real real sort of a comprehensive um, investigation of the experience of what happens in the moment um, and what the social influences are in terms of our roles as as women 
and we all have a lot of them. We all inhabit a lot of them. Uh, so I just I just want to get a general sense of that, and then you know hopefully I can come up with some strategies that women do to enact self care that might give other women ideas. Okay. And you know eventually I want to write another book. I mean I'm going to be writing my dissertation, and and I'll have PhD uh, on the next book I write, which is very very exciting. Um, but I do want to write a book that's for women to actually give them some steps and some ideas and things that maybe they've never thought of, things that I've never thought of mm -hmm. uh, that uh, other women do in order to um, create well-being, whatever that means to them, uh, and again, doing whatever steps that might take. That's exciting. And you told me, I think you're working specifically with Gen X women, right? Yes. And there's a reason for that. When you're doing your PhD, it has to be new and different. And the baby boomers have got a lot of attention over the years. Um, and the millennials are starting to get a lot of attention. I happen to be part of Generation X. Yep. So I thought, well, you know what, let's explore that. And that makes it a, a unique contribution to the literature as well to talk about these groups of women. So uh, specifically looking um, to talk to women who are born between 1965 and 1980. And again, there's a little bit of, of uh, contrast between our experiences of being in midlife versus the ones that we remember from our mothers. like. Um, you know, what did our mothers do and how did we react to that and um, how do they how do our mothers uh, Look at what we're doing now and that sort of thing. So that's um, some fun bits of the conversation Ooh, as well. That, that's definitely a fun bit of the conversation because I share a home with my parents now so my mom is like right there beside me on the but she's actually what's really nice is my mom will be like, you know, you should ask Dan to do that. Like my husband, she's like, you already have so much on your plate. So she's really actually cognizant of the fact that she gets to see like what my life is like every day, which is a very unique experience for someone of my age to share a home with my healthy parents. Right. Yes. And be homeschooling and working from home. Like it's yes. a lot, but yeah, I wanted to mention that the age group because yes, I'm a Gen Xer and I'm like, Nobody really talks about us. Nobody <laughs> does. Because we're not quite the kids of the baby boomers, right? Our parents right. are usually a little bit older. So my parents are not quite baby boomers, right? They were born during the war. So uh, thank you for acknowledging this age group. Um, where is the best way if people want to connect with you? How do they find you? Well, I have a website, lisapetty.ca. That's P-E-T-T-Y. .ca. Um, there's a little bit of information there about the study and some of the uh, articles that I've had published and that sort of thing there, but uh, you can contact me through the website as well for um, information about this, the research and, and anything else that might um, you might want to ask. Great. And I mean, if we're listening to this and this research study is closed, I mean, it's still a great way to find out eventually, you know, what the results were. Exactly. I'll like, I'm excited for this. Yes. I'm like, yes. oh, this is so exciting. So, yes. and I know these things take time. It's, you know, obviously a PhD is a labor of love and time and effort, but, um, you know, you were talking about your next book and stuff. And so I'm already really excited to see where you're going. And um, I'm excited too about, um, you know, having reconnected with you in this way on a totally different topic than. Yes. I never would have thought. So as we wrap th things up, what I'd love to hear from you, because you've already been speaking to so many different women, if you could just uh, recommend one habit or small change that we could make starting right now or tomorrow after we've listened to or watched this video, what would you recommend? 
I think the one thing that women need to do is question everything. Question everything. So go buy yourself a nice journal and a pen and sit down and question everything. Why do I do this? Why do I feel this way? Why do I think I need to do this? How do I feel about that? Because I think a lot of times we just go through we just go through life not even questioning what we do and whether it's what we want and what you know when we push through an experience because we think it's our responsibility why why do we feel like it's our responsibility so it's a sense of just just really lifting our heads up looking around uh and and questioning um questioning why we do what we do and are we are we creating those feelings that we want to feel uh, when do we when do we allow other stuff get, to get in the way of of how we want to feel? What are those other things? Who are those relationships? So just really uh, take a moment, take an hour, take an hour every day, take you know whatever time you have, uh, and really question. I mean, there's when you look around right now in the news, uh, there's a lot. We're seeing a lot of of patriarchy, right? We're seeing a lot of misogyny just kind of finally showing itself in overt ways. And I think that women are subject to that patriarchy consistently without even thinking about it. Yes. So I want women to start thinking, why do I feel I need to do this? Where are these rules coming from? And patriarchy doesn't just mean a, a male figure is is directing you. It means we have this sort of cultural experience that is patriarchy created by men for men to be successful and it trickles down. And so I think as, as women, we, we have to just become aware of when these systems that aren't created for, for us or by us aren't working for us. And it comes into the home, it comes into the workplace, it comes into decisions about whether or not we're gonna exercise. It's just always there. And I think it's important that we just question it. Uh, when I, when my daughter was younger, she used to say that I was nosy because I asked a lot of questions oh. um, of everybody, of her friends. Of like, I was constantly asking questions. Now that she's older, she says, "Mom, I get it now. You're you're just curious. You're just always um, critically appraising what's going on and and." I'm trying to understand why people do what they do, why they experience what they experience. But I think we need to, I would recommend anyway, because I'm nosy or curious, whatever word you want, find out those things that drive you. Yeah. And, so asking and, yourself the question. Yeah. Asking yourself. That's such a great thing. I hadn't even thought about that as like a strategy to start, you know, with self-care. But it is, it's like, take a look, take like, just to summarize, take a journal write down and look around, like lift your head up, look around at your life and ask yourself about all the things you're doing and do I need to do them? And am I, you know, is this serving me? And is it bringing me joy? And how does it make me feel? This is a great exercise. So I will be grabbing my journal. I have my, <laughs> this is my journal, my little peacock journal. Oh, lovely. I have lovely. like, I have a pile of journals. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I want to get away from paper, but there's something about putting a pen to paper that there is something really magical about that. There is an actual thing about writing. So that is a wonderful suggestion that I will also be taking to heart. Excellent. But this was so wonderful. And I feel like, I actually feel like there's so much more for us to talk about now that we've had this short time together. But thank you so, so much for sharing. And I, I appreciate it. Share this with people. And I, I'm excited to be a part of your research.
And I am too. I look forward to chatting. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Wake Up With Gratitude. See you next time where I interview other entrepreneurs who are building their business on gratitude, kindness, and self-love. I appreciate you and the time you took to listen today. Thank you so much for liking, downloading, and sharing this podcast.